This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today in studio, we also have Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, our Rector of St. Mary Cathedral here in Portland in the Archdiocese. And today as we are gathering and recording during the month of June, we are recording during the month of the Sacred Heart. So I thought we could hear both from you, Archbishop, and from Monsignor to hear a little bit about the Feast of the Sacred Heart, this whole month dedicated, and some of the devotionals that are tied around this, as well as the love of God and how we respond to God's love. So with that, Archbishop, would you please lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, through the, the passion, death, and the resurrection of your Son, Jesus, you have brought your love and mercy into the world to redeem us and to save us and to raise us up. We ask you during this month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, your Son, to fill us with all the graces that flow from that heart, to strengthen us in our journey home to you. We ask you to be with our listeners, to help them to hear a word today that will inspire them and encourage them. So we place this time, Father, as always in your hands, trusting you to lead us and guide us. All this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary conceived without sin, Pray for us who have recourse to Thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, it is this beautiful month of the Sacred Heart. We've talked earlier about adoration, Corpus Christi, this beautiful time that isn't just reserved for one day, but really every day we're called to adore the Lord. But this idea of the Sacred Heart, I think, Archbishop, it's beautiful. We see images. We see them at St. Mary's Cathedral, this this exposed heart of Jesus, it's 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 burning. It's it's got a crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. It's been pierced uh, out of love for us. Just a little bit to get us a sense of this idea of a sacred heart that Jesus has a sacred heart burning for us. Well, I think I think that's the key. It's it's a heart on fire. It's a heart on fire with love. It's a heart on fire with mercy for all of us. You know, the it was that the great tradition in our faith, and and I and I would hope that we would recapture that tradition of enthroning actually mm-hmm. the Sacred Heart in our homes, to to have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to to watch over our our homes, our families, because it's from the heart of Christ that the mercy of God flows to us. So I mean, you know, we 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 we. Talk about the heart of a person. And, of course, we can talk about, you know, the physical organ, which is the heart. But when we speak about the heart of a person, you know, we're, we're talking about something essential to, to their identity of who they are and how they reveal themselves to us. 
And so when we focus on the heart of Jesus, the sacred heart of Jesus, we're looking at the very nature of Christ, the very nature of God, who is the revelation of the Father's love. So it's a heart full of mercy, a heart that, that, that burns with mercy for us, uh, a heart that was pierced for us, the pierced heart of Jesus, uh, a heart crowned with thorns, yes, that suffered for us and is united to us in our sufferings. I think when I look at, at the crown of thorns around the heart of Jesus in that image, I, I think of how he unites himself to us as, as we kind of wear our own crown of thorns uh, as in the sufferings of life. But it's from that heart that flows the grace and the mercy that we need um, to to sustain ourselves, to be sustained by Him, in our in our journey of faith, in our in our desire to receive all that God uh, you know has in store for us in heaven, uh, to to help us along our pilgrim way. And I like quite honestly the fact that the the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, is closely connected to the to the feast or the, the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of His Mother Mary. You know, because it's it's her heart as well, united to to, to his that that uh, brings us these wonderful graces of of our God. And there's these beautiful devotions that are tied to these great feasts. We talked earlier about Corpus Christi, the processions that we have, of course, the one here at St. Mary's Cathedral and Monsignor for you. I'd just love to hear a little bit about how you maybe have had an experience of this devotion to the Sacred Heart, a little bit about experiencing that as a priest, and then also here, your experience at St. Mary's Cathedral. Yeah, um, back in my old parish in Massachusetts, we started the devotion to the Sacred Heart on the first Fridays. And there were lots of little things that just happened, which were quite strange, and it sort of helped. And so uh, we had Mass in the morning at 8.30 uh, or 9 o'clock. It was a late Mass. I could get up late in those days. <laughs> it was, it was well, easy, like an you. easy schedule, yeah. <laughs> But the, um, we started doing the first Friday devotions, and a gentleman said to me once, um, you know, I can't come to the 9 o'clock Mass, I've got to work. You know, he said, would you consider putting on an evening Mass for first Fridays? And being a lazy priest as I am, I said, well, no, I've got enough on my plate. I've got a school to run, and what if I get a funeral that day, and all this sort of stuff? I decided to do it, and it just took off. Hmm. We'd get 100 people to Mass in the evenings. Really? And, yeah. And more or less, I may have done it once. I never got a funeral on a first Friday. It was amazing. Wow. You know, because I was quite, I didn't want to say, you know, three masses on the day and things like this. All these little things, people started having their thro- uh, their houses enthroned. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it was the, um, oh, I'm forgetting the names, the uh, call Sacred it? Heart. The Sacred Heart Fathers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they organized an enthronement. So people started getting their houses enthroned. And um, there was one lady in my parish who had six adult children all six adult children practice their faith and their kids practice their faith and i said to maggie once i said tell me what you put this down <laughs> to and she said the enthrone of the sacred heart in my house wow. we had that done when we our, our kids were little and she says i always prayed to the sacred heart mm. always encouraged them when they left the house mm-hmm. and when they came back in the house and she, you know, and that was an amazing story. So we've had all this experience over the years of, of just these wonderful stories and people, you know, taking up the first Saturday devotions, obviously the confessions on that day. Even now at the cathedral on the first Saturdays, I hear my uh, confessions after the morning mass. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's a beautiful devotion. It really is. Yeah, I, I, th- I think one of the things that, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I think this started... Uh, probably in the wake of, of the Second Vatican Council. And again, this is not to blame the Second Vatican Council for anything because, you know, the, the, the council did 
far from discourage devotions. But there was a sort of a, a spirit in the air of the time that, that tended to uh, poo-poo uh, devotions, you know, and the devotional life of, of the Catholic. You know, whether it was the praying of the Holy Rosary, whether it was Eucharistic adoration, yeah, which yeah, I know you definitely. talked about before. I mean, I had never seen... I, I mean, I grew up and went to Catholic grade school and, and, and high school. I had never seen Eucharistic. I had never seen the Blessed Sacrament exposed in a monstrance until I was well into my college years. Uh, it just because it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't encouraged anymore. And so devotions like devotion mm, to the yeah. Sacred Heart of Jesus were sort of set aside, uh, kind of uh, you know considered a little bit you know maybe uh, too simple. And for the simple-minded, and maybe even some people maybe even uh, tried to associate, you know, superstitious kind of uh, attachments that people had to these things. And I think it's been a tremendous loss, a tremendous loss for our people. There's a great richness to them. And I think another thing that came after the council was we were very focused on ecumenism. And some of these things that we do as Catholics uh, don't go down mm-hmm. too well <laughs> in hardened Protestant circles, like uh, Marian devotions, etc., sacred heart, things like this. Things that have been in private revelations through the centuries that have been just, you know, the, the faithful have grasped onto and loved them as nourishment for their prayer life. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff doesn't go well when we're talking to other non-Catholic Christians about uh, the, the the fundamentals. This is the sort of, you know, the, the extras, if you like. So I think that was part of what mm-hmm. happened after the council. So serious uh, ecumenical dialogue didn't want anything to do with these sort of devotions. And I, th- I think that, <clears throat> as I said, the, the impoverishment of it, though, is these, these are the sorts of things that sort of uh, built a Catholic culture yeah. um, among our people. We, we understood these devotions. We participated in these devotions, a devotion to the Sacred Heart. And, and others. And it, it sort of united us. It, it, it identified us. Uh, it characterized who we were. We shared a common kind of a devotional spirituality. So I, I think when, when these things were sort of set aside, ignored, maybe even denigrated a little bit, again, I think it I think it's really has had a profound effect on this, the, 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 the diminution of a, of, a, of a sense of Catholic culture among our people. So that's why, you know, I think uh, these kinds of devotions are 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 beautiful, and they don't detract anything. You Not know, there was a lot of there was a lot of well, of course, you know, and, and you would know this yourself, Monsignor, as a liturgical expert and scholar. Uh, that um, you know, with a great emphasis on on the the renewal of the sacred liturgy, that it was felt like well, anything that uh, it could be perceived as taking away from the celebration of Mass, like devotions and things. We need to focus on the Mass. We need to focus on the celebration of the Eucharist. We needed to do this, and so we had to let these other things go because somehow they were seen as distractions when they were never that. They actually lead us to mm-hmm. the celebration of the Sacred Liturgy and, and, and flow from the celebration of the Sacred Liturgy. So there's no, there's no conflict here, as, mm-hmm. as, as some would, would, would perceive it. You know, Monsignor, maybe uh, you could... Uh, um, you know, I, I just have a thought when you yeah. say that, you know, the, the, the concentration on the Mass. Of course the Mass is the, you know, the central mystery of our faith, the source and summit, the Holy Eucharist, etc. But, um, you know, I often say to people, you know, we can come to church in for other things, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like you can yeah. come for adoration. You can come for benediction in mm-hmm. the evening. And growing up, I knew that sort of during the month of May... You know, we had the rosary in the in the church publicly every evening. 
So not that I went every evening, but a lot of people would. <laughs> but we would go. My mum would take us now and again. And uh, again, we, you know, I've done this in a parish before in the month of May. The rosary at six o'clock every evening. Come whoever. It doesn't matter. I'll pray it anyway. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that people will come to these things. So, um, and the Sacred Heart and the, the first Saturdays, the confessions, all these little extra things. You know, it's you know. I always say church is not just for mass. There are other things that we <laughs> like can the, do. You're and, allowed to come for other and things. And when we, you know, sort of like you know, uh, can I just one more thought? I've just had this thought about this. Um, all these lovely uh, chunks of providence that the Lord gives us. So when we started doing our first um, Fridays uh, for the Sacred Heart, we one thing was that the school mass that week changed to the Friday morning, and the kids all came on first Fridays. But I was looking for an image of the Sacred Heart. And um, you, you'll know this. There are a lot of sort of what I would call um, cheesy <laughs> images of our kitchy. Lord's. Kitchy. Yeah, kitschy. <laughs> they make our Lord look like one of the Bee Gees or something. You know, it's just really um, there are a lot of what I would say tasteless images, you know, painted sort of images. Right. So I was looking for something nice which I could reproduce and then have printed on cards with, um, you know, the promises of our Lord to Margaret Mary on the back and things. So I was looking for it, couldn't find one, wasn't looking. My maintenance guy, we had an old convent on our school grounds where the sisters used to live years ago and it was abandoned in the 70s. So we were just maintaining it so it didn't fall down. And one day he said to me, I found this painting you might be interested in up on the top floor in this room. It was one of the sisters' bedrooms, perhaps, I don't know. And he took me up there and there was this beautiful painted image of the Mm -hmm. Sacred Heart. Really? With the French inscription underneath, mm-hmm. the you know the soccer code thing, yeah. and that and that was it. That was it. One and then we had it professionally reproduced. Photo- the photographers yeah. took it, and then we had it printed and we distributed it all throughout the parish. Wow. But it was amazing. It was one of those things. It was just I wasn't really happy with anything. And then you can imagine that the maintenance yeah. guy says, "Come and have a look at this." Yeah. He didn't really know the significance of what. Sure, I was of what, you're, yeah. what you were and looking it was, for. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, that was clearly the intervention of yeah, our right. Lord. I think there. And you mentioned, Monsignor, this enthronement, and you did too as well, Archbishop. And I think this is something we can do in our homes, but a lot of families might not really understand, how could I do this? And what would this mean to help bring my family together in prayer, but put Christ right at the center of your home? Can you give us an example? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I've I've seen people, but one of the promises to Margaret Mary um, from our Lord was, this is it, uh, quote, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. You know, so that can be a picture of the Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. a framed picture. It could be a statue of the Sacred Heart, whatever. But that's one of his promises. Now, I, I sort of like, you know, take these promises seriously. And I, I say that, you know, a lot of pe- we had a lot of people have the Sacred Heart enthroned in their home. And it's easy to do. You can sort of do it yourself. My Legion of Mary is doing it during the month of May at the cathedral. So we're asking our people if they want to have the Sacred Heart enthroned, then we uh, we will come and do it. It's a very short ceremony, you know, but it's just making a commitment, making a promise to the Lord that his image of the Sacred Heart will be honored in that place. Mm-hmm. And in return, the Lord has given us all these other promises that he will uh, stick to. So you know, I, th- I think to, to, to enthrone the image uh, of the Sacred Heart in our homes is, is a very fruitful and i mean you you obviously monsignor the the, the story you shared about the, the woman and her yeah, family yeah, you know yeah, that's yeah. amazing but i think you know uh, when 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 people walk into our home mm-hmm. you know i mean we not that every picture hanging on every wall needs to be of some religious significance but 
you know, would, 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 would somebody walking through our home mm-hmm. know that this yeah. is a Catholic home? Yeah. And it's important. Mm-hmm. These images, they're, they're sacramentals that, that are very important to our, our devotional life, to keep our mind and heart fixed on the things of God. And to, to have sacred images in our home, the crucifix, images of our Lord, images of Our Lady, and maybe our favorite saints, scenes uh, from the Gospels that, that are, are, are painted. These are all reminders to us of our, of our faith, of our relationship with Christ. And I think in particular, to have our Lord and Savior Jesus with his exposed heart in the image in our homes blessing our families you know and I, and that's the way i kind of and and, and you know uh, usually the images of the sacred heart you know are, uh, many of them at least are, you know our lord will be touching mm-hmm. his heart or pointing to his heart with one hand and then another hand kind of raised in blessing as if you know from my heart i bless this home i bless this family i bless these people and i i think it's it's a it's like a uh, the sacramental is, a, is, a, is an icon, if you will, or a, an image of, of Christ blessing us always and, and a reminder to us as we come and go. You know, yeah, you, know, you, you, wanna, you wanna have it as you, to see it as you come and go. Uh, I, I, I'd love to see images. When I walk into a home, a Catholic home, and as you come through the door or soon into the entry area, you're immediately met <clears throat> with an image that 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 reminds you of your faith. I think it it just uh, it, it's a it's a beautiful devotion and and very fruitful. And as you say, Monsignor, you know our Lord has made some promises to us. I I was always impressed, not impressed by our Lord, of course. I mean, <laughs> always, you know, I, I'm actually very impressed by our Lord too, <laughs> yes. Monsignor. I hope you are. Yes, I was uh, touched by this promise. It says. I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. Uh-huh. And I've always taken that sort of seriously, that if I can in some way promote the sacred heart, the Lord will allow me to touch those hearts that are away from him, you know. Because we all know many of the people, perhaps in our own parishes, certainly in our own families, etc., mm-hmm. that are hardened towards uh, their faith and perhaps have walked away from it. But um, that promise, I would give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. That's a great promise. And all we have to do is promote in a simple way uh, the promotion of the devotions to the sacred heart, you know, in any way we can. Well, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's wonderful you point that one out because I had kind of forgotten about that one, uh, actually. And, um, yes, we, you know, and I have to say today, Monsignor, you would, I'm sure, attest to this from your own pastoral experience, I think even even among our people sometimes, they're being swept away in this culture in, in which we find ourselves right now, a very secular, a very relativistic culture. And, um, you know, they, they do become kind of hardened. Mm-hmm. And oh, even yeah. sometimes hardened against uh, some of the essential teachings of the faith, uh, sort of um, adopting, if you will, more the secular the contemporary secular view of, of, of things and they can they can become very entrenched in in these ideologies and and to break through is a, it's a great frustration for us i think as pastors of souls when uh we we run into this hardness of heart yeah. mm-hmm. and i had forgotten about this promise and and uh thank you for reminding me of this because i i think i'm going to uh have to pray and reflect on that a lot more in my uh, ministry as, as the archbishop yeah. yeah, I would say to anybody that's sort of, you know, sometimes we become very, uh, what would you say, uh, 
know, entrenched in our prayer life and that it's it's the same as it was when we're in the eighth grade or something <laughs> like this. Mm. You know, and it's sort of like, you know, the Lord has revealed certain uh, things to various holy men and women throughout the centuries and they're worth looking at and the devotion to the Sacred Heart is. I mean, if he says that he will, you know, uh, allow us to have power over hardened hearts, then he'll keep to his promise, you know. So we should sort of look at these devotions clearly and uh, with some, you know, uh, some enthusiasm and, and trust in the Lord. And uh, perhaps this is something that our listeners could sort of uh, investigate a little bit more, especially during this month, which is dedicated to right. this sacred heart. You know, Monsignor, well, you might want to, um, uh, for our, our listeners, because, you know, we, we've been making reference to these promises. Mm. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe some of our listeners aren't aren't fully familiar with, with uh, you know, kind of the story of, of Jesus revealing himself in his sacred heart to St. Margaret Mary a la Coke. Maybe you could uh, yeah. give us some of the some of the stories, so to speak. Uh, uh, St. Margaret was a, a nun, a visitation sister, I believe, at yes. the end of the 18th century um, in France. And um, over a period of 18 months, our Lord appeared to her, and she had these locutions. And um, he promoted, he asked her to promote devotion to his sacred heart. The sacred art is not new at that point in the late 18th century. Oh, sorry, it's it's the 17th century, no, it was 1670s. Um, because St. Gertrude had talked about the, the love of the sacred art. So this is in our tradition, but it was a case of the Lord had said, I want a feast day of my sacred art, and I want you to promote. And at that point, um, he gave her these 12 promises about those who will honor his sacred heart via images, the priests will promote, etc. So he gave her these 12 promises. And he promised that he would protect those that would uh, have this devotion of going to communion, going to confession on the first nine Fridays of of the month. And um, so this, this whole devotion came up about that. There's that lovely story, like a lot of nuns and religious that have locutions from the Lord, the spiritual director doesn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time, yeah. right? So um, there's this lovely story where the spiritual director of Margaret Mary says... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting you a little bit here. So next time you talk to our Lord, <laughs> ask him what my last mortal sin was. Oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah. That's tough. So uh, Margaret Mary goes and she says, yeah. And you know what he says? He says, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. That's a beautiful story, yeah. And so she goes back to tell him this and says, he said he didn't remember. You know, it's confessed, it's done, it's gone, you know, whatever. So uh, that was that's a beautiful thing, and that's that's wow. in a diary. What a, what a, what a powerful mm -hmm. yeah. expression of the mercy of God. God you know, when, when, when he says, I cast your sins behind my back, yeah. your sins I will remember no more. And you know, this is what, you know, the great prophecy of the prophet Jeremiah when... when Jerem through God, through Jeremiah, uh, prophesies the coming of the new covenant, which is the covenant in Christ's blood. There's that line in your mm -hmm. sins, yeah. I will remember no more. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was that was the correct answer. Yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of mortified when you were where I no. forgot that part of the story, and I no, thought, oh my gosh, what what sin did this poor yeah. priest get and revealed? We, we uh, you know, the Lord doesn't keep grudges. Yeah. It doesn't sort of keep us hanging on there. Right. Forgive, forget, and move on. That's the thing. So confession. Receiving Holy communion. communion on First Friday, yep. and nine First Fridays it, within a year. Let's say, let's say no consecutive, consecutive, consecutive. Yeah. Okay, so any yeah. time of the year, you could start at the first Friday of July, right. since yeah. you're listening to this and, yeah. and getting some preparation. And the Divine Worship Office has some wonderful cards. With, There's a yeah, we I produced love this, this devotional card. Um, we had the um, it's a nice image. It's a statue. It's a marble statue of our Lord in black and white. 
But it's a lovely image. It's um, you know, and on the back we printed the twelve promises of the Sacred Heart to Margaret Mary. So these are available. We've got them okay. if anybody wants to get them. Or if any parish is saying we're going to do a promotion of this, yeah. we'll gladly provide you with some. Nine First Saturdays, Confession. This is beautiful. Again, coming well, to the Lord in confession. It's the sacrament of mercy, yeah. right? And, and, and our Lord is, is merciful heart. In fact, I, I was going to, that was a nice <laughs> segue from where my mind was going is, you know, I think that, you know, in, in a more contemporary devotion that we have uh, in our time, the devotion to the divine mercy, mercy. Uh, those, uh, those locutions and images and, and appearances, mm-hmm. apparitions, that our, our Lord gave to St. Faustina Kowalska, uh, the Divine Mercy, is, is, I think is so intimately related to this devotion to the Sacred Heart because in the image, in the, in the appearance of Jesus to uh, St. Faustina, he, he, he reveals the, the, the rays of, of red and white emanating from his heart, which is the fountain of mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the fact that going to confession is so intimately connected to the the, yeah. the, the first uh, nine Saturdays devotion to the Sacred Heart is, is makes perfect sense. You know, and that's, that's uh, you know, the promises uh, uh, of our Lord. The sixth promise uh, uh, is sinners will find in my heart the source, an infinite ocean of mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a consolation that is. Yeah. That sounds as though that could from could come from Sister Fatima. Yeah, exactly. Diary. It sounds right. like it could yeah, come from her diary, yeah, right. actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, you talk about confession, too. I I, I sometimes, uh, uh, maybe some of our listeners have seen me in confession lines at various places, but, you know, uh, first Friday, first Saturday, sometimes I'll just happen to be the day that I pop in a confession line somewhere. And it's beautiful to see the long lines yeah. on, on first Fridays and first Saturdays. Well, let that continue to happen and let us continue to grow our devotion to the most sacred heart and the most sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary. Mary. Monsignor, thank you for joining us. Will you stick around and maybe we can catch you on another program? Sure, absolutely. Okay. And with that, Archbishop, would you please? Yeah, he's a good, he's a good, he's a good partner. (laughs) It's wonderful. He's much more entertaining than I am. Would you help us close with your blessing? Yes. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, your homes. And may the sacred heart of Jesus be merciful to all of you. Amen. 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 And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in to The Voice of the Shepherd and invite you to join us again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample and Monsignor O'Connor, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.